I'm Leslie Marshall. Happy Friday. He's Brad Bannon in D.C. I'm in L.A. Brad is my co-host and partner in crime every hour to the second hour here on the only true democracy in talk radio of for and by you, the people on Fridays. He is president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling message development and media firm. They help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. More than a pleasure to have him with us, and we hope you're with us as well, not just listening but participating. Call us and chime in the conversation, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Tweet us. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Follow Brad, at Brad Bannon. And also on F, uh, Facebook, facebook.com uh, forward slash the Leslie Marshall Show to FB me. Like our fan page there. Emails, go to our website, lesliemarshallshow.com. Click on contact and send in your emails. Well, Brad, happy Friday. We are here at last. The weekend is upon us, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Hope you're doing well uh, on this last day of the week, last weekday. I'm doing fine. Uh, Leslie Marshall Show on Friday by Coastal. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and people can say that I'm by at least one, <laughs> one to two hours of the week. Right? Um, House Speaker uh, Boehner has made a decision that isn't working out, I think, the way that he felt it would. And that decision was to invite Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to address Congress in March. That is just ahead of the election in Israel. Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, this decision appears to be backfiring all the way around, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The reaction to the announcement was has been uniformly horrible. Um, there, there's sort of a general principle in American government, and I always tell this when I'm teaching American American government students at Suffolk, uh, is that in foreign policy, the president gets a lot of leeway. Uh, and what Boehner tried to do uh, is insert himself uh, into international politics, and rightly or wrongly, most Americans view that as the president's bailiwick. So he really, Boehner, what's that expression, got a head on his skis on this one? Uh, You know, it's not cool for um, congressional members to stick their hands into foreign policy, and that's uh, what he did when he invited the prime minister to speak to Congress. And and so that people understand, this this was twofold, wasn't it? One, it was, hey, you know, we're against what the president's doing, sticking the middle finger to the president with regard to Iran. And then secondly, um, you know, with regard to this uh, war on terror. Um, but, you know, a few of the backfires I have seen here, you know, adding to what you've said is, one, this has not helped Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel and uh, those in Israel angry about him, you know, doing this and speaking, uh, you know, before the elections, and it's actually helping his opponent. Um, Two, it really doesn't uh, help the United States that Boehner did this because we we have a, a Saudi king that just died, a new king that's not only come to power, he's not sitting back and taking this power lightly. He's already fired former people that worked for the king, wants to take Saudi Arabia in a new direction. And, you know, we, we need our, our Muslim and Arab world allies to remain allies and to work with us against ISIS, al-Qaeda, uh, and any other, um, you know, uh, terrorist organizations and, you know, attempts at, at, at terrorism. And and then, of course, uh, you know, with Iran, inviting a leader from another nation is not the way to show that you disagree with the president on such issues and conversations with uh, the country of Iran. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the Middle East situation is as complicated and complex as they come. And the uh, I think the other problem with this thing is that it's, it looks so blatantly political uh, for two reasons. One is, you're right, uh, the Republicans are, uh, you know, sticking up their mingle, middle finger uh, towards the president, as they do almost every day. Uh, but besides this, it is uh, so patently geared, uh, in theory, to Netanyahu's uh, re-election campaign. Uh, it's too complex and too dangerous a situation to play politics with, and that's what the Republicans are doing. And, uh, you know, playing politics with this, uh, you know, this uh, this is also the image where pro-Israel uh, and, and the list, you know, goes on. But, Brad, we send Israel, give Israel so much money, and what I don't understand is biting the hand that feeds you. And I feel that Netanyahu is doing that by accepting this invitation, knowing the president wasn't informed and that this did not go through the proper diplomatic channels. Sticking your middle finger up to somebody who funds over 80% of your economy, your military, is really stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, we send billions of dollars in economic and billions with a B uh, of dollars to the Israelis every year in military and economic uh, aid. And what Netanyahu is betting is that he's betting that he can get away with this because there's so much pro-Israeli sentiment uh, in Congress and among the general public uh, that uh, the president really can't retaliate. Now, whether he's right about that or not is a whole different thing, but Netanyahu feels he can gamble and get away with this. Uh, most definitely. So uh, are Republicans in concern? Well, first of all, you know, I haven't seen, you know, any polls and you're more of the polling kind of guy than me. Uh, have you seen response by the American people, by American voters, or has that not been put out there in the form of uh, I question? haven't seen anything directly that about the speech before Congress. But in general, uh, Americans are very supportive of the Israelis, uh, and that is what the Republicans are trying to do is cultivate that support and, again, stick your middle finger up at, at that president. And for Netanyahu, what does this do uh, to him at at home and and quite frankly speaking to congress doesn't change the conversation with iran that the president is having no it doesn't and something else happened today i think bears on the situation there was a story in the israeli newspaper today that uh, the uh, Netanyahu administration plans on building new a whole new set of settlements uh, in the occupied territories and that really is the big Bone of contention uh, in the uh, in uh, from the Israeli side on the uh, on you know the attempts for peace. The Palestinians resent greatly any attempt to build any settlements on the occupied territory because they don't believe Israel, uh, the occupied territories belong to Israel. And again, it's another way of uh, Netanyahu sticking his middle finger. He knows. President Obama hates the idea of them building new settlements in the occupied territories, and they're going to do it again. I mean, there's a fundamental problem here, in my mind. First of all, the the, uh, Arabs will not uh, compromise because they fundamentally will not recognize uh, Israel as a legitimate nation. 
and that that's the Arab part of the problem. The uh, Israeli side of the problem uh, is the occupied uh, settlements in the occupied territories. And the reality is both the Arabs and the Israelis are going to have to give on those two issues if there's ever peace. But this was not, not, another way of Netanyahu saying, screw that, we're going to do what we want. Uh, we don't care if it results in more conflict or not, we're going to do it. And but the Arabs have their own problem. They won't recognize Israel as a legitimate nation. Well, so not not, not all them, not not all Arabs. I, I mean, not not, not, all no, Arabs, not Egypt. But, not excuse me. Not Egypt. Not Jordan. Not even Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, Iran does not recognize, and Syria does not recognize, even though Syria isn't so vocal about that. Um, uh, yeah. But but for you know, the majority of the Middle East do. Yeah, and the other problem the Arabs have is. And I certainly understand Israel's point of view on this. Uh, the Israelis feel that the Palestinian Authority doesn't do a very good job uh, controlling Arab terrorists who occasionally attack Israel. Uh, and uh, the Palestinian... yeah, but you, I think you're forgetting. I think you're forgetting. You have the Mahmoud Abbas group, which is which is in the, the West Bank, and then you have the you know Hamas group, which is in Gaza. Um, you, you have to remember it's easy to think Hamas is a good guy when Israel's bombing innocent kids on the street and men, women, and children in hospitals as they did this past year. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, you know, they kill Israelis. Uh, and uh, if Well, no, the, no. Israelis also killed innocent men, women, and children in the Palestinian-occupied well, territory. Well, sure, they both do, uh, but they each have an issue, the Israelis and the Arabs, the Palestinians, that they're going to have to give on a little bit, and so far, neither of them seems willing to compromise. No, here's part of the problem I've always said, and I lived in Israel briefly in 1996. I don't, you know, people ask, what does it take for peace in the Middle East? Well, one, you've got to stop building in the settlements. Um, two, you have to, you know, uh, you know, yeah, you have to recognize that, you know, Israel is, you know, a, a, a Jewish state. But there has to be a two-state solution uh, because the Israelis have oppressed completely the Palestinians. Um, and the majority of the people, the Palestinians, are not terrorists. They are not Hamas, just like the majority of Muslims are not ISIS. Um, but a two-state solution is inevitable. I've been saying it since before 1996. And unfortunately, uh, I don't. both sides have to just accept this and, and move forward. And that's not happening. And by the way, that is the will of the majority of Palestinians and Israelis. But you don't hear the will of the people. You hear the will of the politicians, the military, and of course, in the case of the Palestinians, at least in Gaza, Hamas. Welcome, welcome back only to Democracy in Talk Radio of four and by you, the people. Uh, Brad Bannon is my co-host and partner in crime here in this second hour of the show. Uh, Brad, uh, should we move on or should we continue? Yeah, let's move on. Uh, let, let's talk because we have a small segment here. Um, Romney's not going to run uh, for president. Uh, quote, after putting considerable thought into making another run for president, I've decided it's best to give other leaders in the party the opportunity to become our next nominee. He's been doing better in the polls lately, and a lot of people say he wants to go out on top. Um, certainly his wife has said, you know, he didn't, you know, she didn't want him to run. This guy definitely, you know, trying for it twice before, uh, wanted uh, this position. Uh, do you think he's, he's just realizing he can't compete with the name Bush? 
I think it was that was uh, part of it. I think Jeb Bush, by getting the jump on Romney, uh, had an advantage over Romney. Uh, also, once uh, on January 9th, when Romney announced he was seriously thinking of running, uh, the next weekend the Republican National Committee met, I believe it was in San Diego, and Romney went there to make a speech, and the reaction was, oh, God, no, and that was among the Republicans. Uh, the Republicans felt that uh, Romney had run a very bad campaign uh, in 2012. Uh, by all rights, Romney should have won that campaign. Uh, the economy was in a crapper, uh, but Romney ran a very poor campaign, and Republicans thought, well, you know, he's not going to stop us from getting the White House in 2016. And also, I think there was a lot of family resistance to him making the race. They felt he had been unfairly criticized and caricatured in 2012. And towards that end, yesterday in the Boston Globe, there was a long article about Romney, all of Romney's real estate holdings, uh, Ski Chalet Mansion in Utah, uh, Beachfront Mansion in La Jolla with car elevators, a lakeside home in uh, New Hampshire. Uh, the idea that he was going to run a campaign premised on eradicating uh, poverty just didn't pass the smell test. No one would have taken him seriously, Democrat, Republican, or Independent. And I think he got a very tepid reception from Republicans, uh, and uh, that did it. And, uh, you know, do you th- I, you know, as a Democrat, I wanted O'Reilly. I, excuse me. I wanted uh, 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 Romney. Hello, Freudian. I wanted Romney to run because I felt that he was much easier for Hillary to defeat. I still think I think, you know, you if it was Hillary and Jeb Bush, you think Hillary will win, but it'll be tighter than it was, a you know, a Clinton Romney. Right. Well, yeah, I agree with you. I would have loved to see Romney be the Republican nominee because I think Hillary could have beat him uh, with her hands tied behind her back. Uh, All the national polls I've seen have Clinton leading all of the Republican challengers by at least double digits, including Romney and Jeb Bush. Uh, Now, that's not going to last, but it shows she's going to be a formidable opponent. And... uh... Right now, you know, I think Charles Krautheimer said it would be Rubio. I, I think it's going to be Bush. I think it's going to be Clinton. I know we're a lifetime away, and I know you make predictions, and you have never been wrong in your predictions with me and on this show. What's your prediction? Uh, well, uh, you know, the Democratic side is obviously easy. Uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, I don't know if anybody really is going to seriously challenge her for the Democratic nomination, much less beat her. Uh, on the Republican side... Uh, I would say I'm not comfortable at this point picking the exact uh, Republican nominee because I think it's impossible to tell at this point. But I would say the two main contenders uh, are Jeb Bush simply because of the Bush name and and the fundraising network. And name recognition recognition still today in 2015 is the number one reason people vote regardless of their ideology, right? Right. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, the fact that he's a Bush. Not the number one reason. Sorry, let me correct myself. Not the number one reason they vote. The number one reason they choose the candidate they do. It's the it's the biggest reason is name recognition. It is big. It is a very big advantage, especially when you have money to back it up. And Jeb Bush will raise ton of money. And I think one of the problems Romney had, he started going back to 
old contributors from 2012, and they kept saying, oh, we've already uh, decided to support Jeb Bush. So, uh, yeah, it would have been, but it's also a curse. Because Americans don't like his brother. They still don't like him after he's been out of office uh, six years, and that would have been a problem. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with Brad Bannon. We're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. I'm in L.A. He's in D.C., the bi-coastal uh, version uh, or edition of the Leslie Marshall Show every hour two, every Friday. It is hour two on this Friday. Brad will be with me hour three as well. Um, a lot of things to talk about. 888 leslie 888-653-7543. If you want to talk about Netanyahu's Congress uh, speech to Congress, how it's a growing backlash both in Israel and the United States, um, it appears to be uh, backfiring. And uh, Romney, you're not running for president. 888 is uh, the number. Uh, let's uh, check some of these uh, t- uh, tweets. Um, uh, MNL uh, tweets, uh, now we need to do away with uh, Jeb. But we've talked with other people and, you know, certainly with you, Brad, Testing the waters to see if somebody's going to run basically means to see how much money can I get. Jeb Bush is Jeb Bush running. I mean, once somebody decides they're having, you know, an exploratory committee or, you know, they're checking out or, you know, they're seeing if they could run. Isn't that, you know, pretty much the appetizer before the meal and the announcement? Yeah, it is. Jeb Bush is putting together a presidential campaign, raising money, hiring staff. Uh, he's going to run. Uh, one thing I didn't say when you asked me about uh, Romney before is, uh, besides Jeb Bush, I think the other Republican t- contender to look out for is Governor Scott Walker of Wisconsin. He's won three elections in a purple state. I think given the hostility that Americans have towards D.C., uh, they will be... Uh, really? Oh, makes me sick to hear that. I know you're yeah, probably uh, right. Yeah, I know D. too. He has a very poor record uh, protecting uh, working people, uh, but uh, I think he's going to be a formidable candidate on the Republican side, and except for Bush, maybe more formidable than any other Republican. And, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, talking about uh, other people. Let's uh, let's see what let's see what we have here. Um, uh, Rick says that anything that tweaks the president of the United States, but is just fine with me speaking about Netanyahu. And he called him Hussein. I said, good to see you're not showing your true color. His name is Obama. Your prejudices are showing. Um, he goes, what don't you get? And he goes, yeah, my true colors are showing a Muslim free America questions. Um, you know, you know, but 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 here is where some I think of the true colors of Republicans in the House and the Senate are showing, which is we're not only pro-Israel, we're pro-Jewish, we're anti-Arab, we're anti-Muslim. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be when you're political in the current atmosphere worldwide. Yeah, I agree. And it, all of a sudden in the last few weeks, the talk about uh, President Obama being a Muslim has, you know, come up again. It was really big during the 2008 campaign. I think Mike Huckleby uh, said something this week on the campaign trail, which was essentially, uh, he, he uh, Huckleby says the president thinks like a Muslim. Uh, and he's starting to get more and more of those Muslim comments. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the Republicans uh, are going to play the race card in this campaign, but just not against blacks and Hispanics, but against Muslims, too. Um, why, 
Well, you know, why do you think the age thing is such a big deal with Hillary? Is it also because she's a chick? I'm looking at some of the tweets here. You know, you know, she, you know, she needs a walker and this and that. My mother's 75, regional vice president of a company, makes more money for that company than anybody else younger than her. Well, yeah, I think it. Par- I think it partly is because she's a chick. Uh, she will be younger she's elected president, she will become president uh, at a younger age than Ronald Reagan did. Uh, so uh, yeah, and, and why? So why is that? Why why was McCain's age when he was running justifiable? Reagan's age when not only he was running but elected justifiable, and it's not the same for Hillary. Uh, because I think women uh, voters, at least some people, uh, discriminate against female candidates, especially a female nah. presidential candidate. You think? You think? <laughs> I'm sure some people will vote against Hillary just because she's a woman, and it won't just be males. Uh, no, but she gets a lot of bad coverage just because she's a woman. And, you know, the whole thing about the age issue is just a perfect example of that. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, you know, again, yeah, that does play into the sexism, just like, you know, for Barack Obama, there's a different set of rules. I mean, talking about different set of rules, Laura Bush, when she went overseas to an Arab country, she didn't cover her head. Michelle Obama doesn't cover her head. And it's, you know, uh, you know, all the news, all the rage. Yeah. I mean, who cares? What does it matter? I mean, is whether she wears, uh, the first lady wears a headscarf or not, is that going to change the horrible political situation in the Middle East? No, it doesn't matter. But, you know, some people will look for, you know, harp on small things uh, because they can't win the argument on the big things. Ah, uh, yes, most definitely. Most definitely. No qu- no question about it. Um, we have a lot of other uh, issues to talk about. I want to get to uh, some of those before uh, the break. Um, let's go next uh, to Homeland Security. The funding is on the brink, uh, and, and Republicans don't seem to be worried about this, this uh, deadline to fund Homeland Security. At such a time in our nation, is this political suicide? Is this cl- And this is clearly putting politics above the security and best interest of the American people. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Last year, the old Congress, before they left town, passed the entire 2015 uh, federal budget except for the Department of Homeland Security. The rest of the federal government is funded, and if they don't approve funding for uh, Homeland Security by February 27th, uh, people who work there, the border guards, uh, aren't going to get paid. Uh, That's the sorry truth of it. And again, it shows the clear division within the Republican Party. It was up to John Boehner, and I suspect Mitch McConnell too, they would pass it without any strings attached. But the Tea Party folks want to only provide money for DHS if the president agrees to rescind uh, the executive actions uh, he took last year uh, to limit deportations of uh, undocumented immigrants. And the Tea Party's insisting they're not going to support a new budget unless that's part of the deal. Uh, Boehner and the president said, if you pass, I'm not going to sign it with if it has repeals the immigration protections. Uh, I think John Boehner and Mitch McConnell want to get this issue out of the way, and I think they'd pass a clean bill without any strings attached uh, in a heartbeat. But they don't have the power to control the Tea Party, and the Tea Party is looking for blood in return for money for DHS. Okay, let's take some calls before the break. Uh, quickly, let's go to uh, 
uh, Andrew in North, Car- uh, North Dakota, excuse me, on line three. Uh, hey, Andrew, go ahead. Uh, question or comment? Hey, uh, how's it going? Good. How you doing, Andrew? I'm good. Uh, well, um, basically, my thoughts on Hillary Clinton. Uh, I'd rather see, uh, like, a person like Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders run, because I feel like um, Hillary Clinton has the, like, I think they have like, same, the same viewpoints, but I feel like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren would uh, fight for the cause more, if you know what I'm trying to say, for the uh, middle class and, uh, like, the progressive movement, but... I mean, I realize how hard it is for independents to get the amount of votes that they need. I mean, yeah. but, you know, uh, I'd vote for Hillary Clinton if she won the primary, so. Brad? Well, yeah, uh, well, Andrew, a lot of progressives feel the way you do. A lot of uh, progressives would love uh, Elizabeth Warren run. Uh Sanders, but the reality is Elizabeth Warren's not going to run. She said so about a dozen times. Uh, Bernie Sanders, on the other hand, yeah. looks like he just may make uh, The only problem is he's going to get, he can't beat Hillary. He can't stop Hillary from winning the nomination. And honestly, and honestly, if Warren or Sanders were on that platform, they're not going to win the election. They might, even if they won the nomination, they're not going to win the election. We'll talk about that. Honestly, Marshall, welcome, welcome back. He's Brad Bannon. Brad, you were at Brad Bannon on Twitter. No one. <laughs> I'm glad somebody remembers stuff like that. Yeah, we, we uh, th- thank you uh, to Andrew there for looking uh, that up. Thanks, uh, thanks, Andrew. Uh, let's uh, share some tweets because uh, we're talking about uh, Netanyahu. We're talking about uh, uh, Romney. Um, uh, we are talking about a number of things. And uh, let's see on uh, Twitter when we talked about uh, Netanyahu. Um, uh, let's see, you got to read the thread here. We uh, talked about Netanyahu and the, the speech during, uh, you know, backlash. Um, and, uh, then, um, and, uh, David says, why are Muslims pushing for Sharia law here? They're not. I don't see any Muslims pushing for Sharia law here. He said, didn't they come here because they liked our systems of laws? Wait a minute. Was there another reason? Where are they? You know, show me, show me one place in USA they're pushing for Sharia law. Seriously, this is like, you know, please, you know, don't. I know that our our, our viewers and uh, listeners are smarter than that. Um, let's see. And uh, then um, he said, uh, David said, I've been to Europe twice in the last year. It's not looking good over there. You know, again, uh, really, you know, I, when I go to Europe. I don't have evidence of anybody's religion when I'm walking down the street for the most part. Okay, Steve says, Rand Paul will be the candidate. The question is, will it be Clinton or Warren or both on the other side? Now, you started to address that. Um, Warren's not going to run. She likes Hillary. She's going to back Hillary. We're all in agreement on that right here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bernie Sanders might run if he runs against Hillary. Hillary's going to win it, right? I mean, unless there's somebody we don't know of yet. Correct. Uh, yes, I mean, I yes. If Sanders run, he'll it'll be very difficult for him to stop Hillary. It'll be very difficult for anybody to stop his Hillary. But Sanders won't have any money. Uh, he has no national name recognition. Uh, but he may run. He's still talking about getting in the race in the spring, which is probably too late. Okay, so Hillary can win the presidency. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders can't. Why? Because they're not as centrist and moderate as Hillary. They won't appeal uh, to a cross-section of voter, correct? Uh, I agree with you uh, with Sanders. I don't agree with you, Warren. Warren has a great way. She doesn't sound like a crazy liberal. 
she talks about uh, not from a lot of Republican standpoint on economic issues. Well, no Republicans going to vote for her or Hillary Clinton, so it doesn't matter. Uh, because independence, though, I think she could reach because she has a great message about helping the middle class uh, enjoy uh, the economic recovery. And I think Elizabeth Ward could pull it off, but she's not going to run, so it doesn't matter. Okay, let's take some calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Michael's in the Bronx Line 3. Michael, question, comment on uh, one or both of these issues so far today. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Brad. How you Hi, Michael. Hi. I want to comment about um, Romney dropping out. I really think that the whole situation with the Cayman Islands controversy was, uh, was really going to hurt him. You know, besides his credibility, the fact that you know, he doesn't pay his fair share of the taxes. And then what it comes down to is accountability. And since there's a lack of accountability on his part, as well as much of the Republicans, you know, I, for one, would not trust him making policies about my taxpaying dollars in U.S. Treasury if he's going to want to keep everything secretive about his own finances and how he handles stuff. I mean, I know it's a private issue, but still. If he's not going to pay his fair share of the taxes and follow the same set of rules as everybody else, you know, I have my concerns. Brad? Well, uh, everybody, a lot of people have concerns, which is why he decided not to run. You're right, Michael, the whole, you know, wealthy, rich guy uh, won't do anything uh, except for big corporations. That's still out there. And it would have come back again. And even most Republicans realized that. And even Republicans didn't want him to run. So, uh, and, and he saw the handwriting on the wall and got out. But he's not the only one that has skeletons in his closet. So he ain't the only Republican. So that's the reason why I'm making that big point. You know, again, that key word, accountability. If there's no equal accountability, people are going to raise an issue. Tie the two different sets of rules. Well, yeah, I think that would have been an issue, and I, almost everybody except Mitt Romney realized it. Well, I guess he realized it yesterday when he made the decision, but, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that would all be a problem for Romney, and most Republicans realized that, which is why they weren't enthusiastic about his candidacy. Michael, anything else? Amen to that. I mean, I'm still waiting to see a very formidable Republican candidate before I even think of um, considering trusting them or anything like that. And so far, I have not seen either of them. Uh, You won't get an argument out of me on that one, Michael. All right, Michael. (laughs) Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend, Michael. Appreciate it. Um, uh, Brad, uh, I'm trying to think. Guys, how much time do we have in this segment? I don't know if we should get into some new stuff. Okay, let's, we only have a few minutes. Yeah, let's uh, let's keep uh, let's uh, let, let let's keep uh, with this. Somebody talked about sixteen Muslim-only communities in the United States. Again, these people are listening to this crap on right-wing radio. There's no just Jewish, just Christian, just Muslim community. Now, there are areas in the country, for example, where you may have a lot of Orthodox Jews who live together in one community, but it's not a Jewish or Orthodox Jewish only community anymore. Like, you know, what is it? Uh, Dearborn, Michigan is not Muslims only. It's just majority of people living there are Muslims, and maybe some people aren't Muslim, don't feel as comfortable living in that community, correct? 
Yeah, and you're absolutely right. There's no such thing. And it doesn't, to go back to your earlier point, it doesn't stop, stop states like Oklahoma from actually passing a law banning Sharia law, like Sharia law was going to break out in Tulsa. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's discrimination, uh, and it's not fair. And I don't think the American people will, will appreciate it at all. There are some crazies out there who hate all Muslims just before because a few of them are nutballs, uh, like a few white people who blow up abortion clinics. Uh, they're nutballs, but people will say, oh, whites are horrible. Uh, it's, it's racism. And I don't honestly, here I feel pretty good that the American people won't stand for it. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. But then again, they did elect Barack Hussein Obama, uh, right? So Yeah, and it, was, it just, his, you know, it, it just didn't matter. They didn't think, the only people who thought that Barack Obama were Muslims were about, one quarter of the Republicans. Uh, no one else did. Uh, no, that's true, although we do still have those birthers out there. Absolutely, you know, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, okay, and uh, let's share some more tweets. Next hour, we have so much to talk about. Uh, this is going to play into our third hour topic, so I'll, I'll save that one. And uh, Jay says, I realize Leslie mesmerized with Clinton, but why cut Bernie at the knees every mention of his name? Okay. Explain why, you know, you, you, you think Bernie Sanders could not get the nomination over Hillary or if he had the nomination could not win in a general election on national level. Well, uh, to prove the point, uh, I think it was ABC did a uh, national survey of Democrats and this week, and they had uh, Hillary leading Sanders 72 to 12. Uh, so that's pretty decisive. He doesn't have any name recognition. He does, he won't have the money to buy name recognition, uh, and Hillary is going to have all the dough she can possibly want. It's, so it's so we agree point. we agree there that right now if you're not going to and that's another reason I don't think Elizabeth Warren can win because she would vow like Bernie not to take corporate money, correct? Uh, yeah, and uh, you know Hillary is a very strong candidate. Uh, most Democrats think she's our best hope of retaining the White House, and there's nothing that's going to change that between now and the time of the Democratic convention in 2016. Do you think that some people will vote for her because of Bill Clinton being in the White House helping to advise her as first man or Adam, as he said? Yeah, I mean, if yeah, I, the short answer is yes, because if you look at Bill Clinton's uh, poll numbers, he is a very popular president. So Bill Clinton is an asset to Hillary.